First question, how we apply emptiness into action? How about participating in community events and services, for example, elections, etc.? That's a broad subject that requires a PhD thesis to cover. But just to summarize it, of course, we all have to define what is emptiness first. Emptiness, as we said, has a few characteristics. One, everything is dependent arising. In other words, everything arises because of conditional causation. Nothing can arise by itself. It depends on many conditions. There must be causes and thus there must be effect. Causes lead to effect. There's no effect without causes. And every cause will come to an effect finally. So in between causes and effect, what do we have? We have conditions. Why would conditions come into play in this situation of causes and effect, conditions hasten up the causes into action, into, into results. In other words, I have this cause that I want to go to that temple on Saturday morning. I want to experience a meditation. I have that cause in my mind. I want, I, I'm determined to go. Now it's Friday night, and tomorrow the, the prediction is the weather is going to be rainy, and I have nowhere else to go to, and why not just spend a boring day in the temple? You know, nowhere to go, nowhere else to go to. So, you are determined. You have that cause. And assuming that if we cut the whole series and say the effect is coming for meditation, and then the next morning you wake up, oh, it's still raining. Yeah, my prediction is right. So it's the forecast. So nothing else to do. So you go to the garage and you start your car. Da -da 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 you forgot to turn on the light last night. Your battery died, failed. You couldn't start your car. And you get annoyed and you said, oh, maybe I should jump start my car. I don't want to wake up my neighbor. I don't want to call my friend. I can't jump start anything. I've got only, I've got only one car. So I'll oh, forget it next time maybe. So you have a cause and you want to produce that effect, but you don't have conditions. So you need conditions to make your cause into an effect. You have to have its conditions. The fact that you are eating in here, assuming that is the effect of eating in here, then you have cause and conditions to make that come true. Any disagreement, raise your hand. So you all agree. You, you, you all agree. Okay. So one of the definitions of emptiness is Conditional causation. Everything has conditional causation. Everything is dependent arising. Nothing comes by its own. Nothing comes with own reason. The second is, nothing is permanent. Which means that there's always changes. There's change every second. There's change in not just every second, every hundred of a second. You see how these molecules move around? How these atoms move around? They're changing all the time. Nothing is stagnant. Everything is changing. Now these are the, the two 
obvious ones. Of course, still other characteristics, but just for the purpose of explaining it in the most simple terms possible. So impermanent and conditional causation, that's emptiness. How do I put my understanding of this into action? And people say, how does it benefit me? I want to get benefit. I want to satisfy myself, myself. And I come here, what do I learn? What do I learn? What, what kind of benefit do I have? That's another way of asking, how do I put this empty sound of emptiness into something useful to me? How do I put it into action? I just grab something from my imagination. I say, you're a student at school, or maybe you're a worker at work. Now you've got a new job. You started about a month ago, and uh, um, you've been working at it. And if you know emptiness, you know that the fact that you got that job is, is conditional causation. It's not easy to get that job. Now in this job, you say, I want to be a successful worker. Now my employee only given me $13 an hour, a little bit above, a little bit above minimum wage. And I don't, I, it's not that much, but I'm, a, I'm able to survive. $13 an hour, the national average is 11.50, and I got 13. And okay, so you work, and you say, everything is conditional. I want to make $30 an hour. And you start, should I look for another job? No, I want to get it right here. I already got that job. Why do I have to look for another job? I spend months looking for a job. Now I have this job. I want to make it right here. I want to make $30 an hour and not 13 And then you start to ask yourself, hey, that monk in the temple, he's, he's talking about effect. How can I get the effect of the result of getting $30 an hour? How do I get $30 an hour? I don't want $13 an hour. Then what do you do? Any response at all? No response? Yes, of course. Right. That's prajna. That's understanding, that's putting karma into action. You want to, to add value to what you are doing. And if you're adding value to what you're doing, you're adding value to what the company is getting. On the other hand, if you say, I'm working, he's paying me $13 an hour, I just stop at $13 an hour. Why should I do more? Why should I contribute? I'm, I'm being foolish if I work so hard because that guy has only given me $13 an hour. But on the other hand, if you say, no, I want to add more value to this $13 an hour. He paid me $13, but my value is worth right now $16, at least $16. So you work hard to to add value to what you're doing. So you work harder, you're more punctual, you're more responsible. You are being a responsible, punctual, conscientious worker, adding value to that $13 by three bucks. And this supervisor seeing you, oh, this guy is pretty good. And he's talking to his boy, hey, that guy who showed up one month ago, he looks like a pretty good employer, employee, I mean. So the employer started to look at, oh yeah, that guy is good. And then you keep on trying, adding value and value and value until you come up to $25 an hour. And one day your boss looks at you and says, this guy is staying over time and he's really trying his best. I can't let him go in any circumstances. I want to keep him. So he's going to raise you. So you are the master. You add value to yourself. You're not waiting other people to get value, to add value to you. 
You are the master of your own destiny. You build up conditions for your creation. You do everything you're trying your best to add your value, not just in terms of monetary value. You want to add non-monetary value to your work. What is non-monetary value to your work? Your attitude, your smile to, to other colleagues in the morning. Hi, Jack, how are you? How are you going? How are you doing? You, you give smile. You give courtesy. You give words of comfort. Money is not everything. Happiness. Happiness not just to you, to everybody surrounding you. You want to add value to your family life? The first thing you, you learn to do is be a responsible family member. Don't just depend on your mom to clean up the toilet for you, and just depend, don't depend on your mom to clean up the laundry for you. You comfort your mom. You tell your mom how great she's been. That's how you do it. You're adding value to your life. You're putting emptiness into action. I've just mentioned one out of a million way of showing emptiness into action. How about participating in community events and services, for example, elections, of course. Are you adding value to your life by participating in elections? But watched it. Are you adding value or disvalue the choices in you? You walk your own way. Not God. Even up to your age, you still believe in God deter determining your, your destiny? You still believe in God creating your destiny? You blame God for what you have suffered and you praise God for what you've got? You are the master of your own fate. If I want to say, I would give more value to my father and my mom than God. They nurture me. They give, they give everything to me. My dad, my mom, my brothers, my sisters, my teachers, they are all my gods. The God is in them, the God is in me, in everybody. Don't look for it outside, it's inside. Oh, where's God? Where's God? You've got that already. Why are you still looking? Join the elections, participate in the elections, but watch what you're doing. You've got to have wisdom to participate in that election. You've got to study prajna. What did the Buddha say? You've got to have wisdom in everything. You have to understand the truth. And what is wisdom? There's a lot more to learn about it. Rome is not built in a day. Wisdom has to be piled up gradually through your conscientiousness, through your efforts, through your maintenance of the morality, through your conscientious approach to understanding it, not just through getting into the internet and what's the definition of emptiness, what's the definition of God, what's the definition of Buddha. Don't just get into the language. You're exploring the law of internet about things and you never get enlightened. Next question, thank you so much for teaching emptiness. I've been trying to learn it over the last two years. I've been over the 40 years learning it and I'm still learning it. What is the tantric method of practicing Buddhism? Tantric method is also known as the exotoric method. Exotoric means it looks very mysterious. 
It looks very mystical. It looks quite abstruse in such a way that how can chanting a mantra be purifying to you? So it looks very mystical. It put on the coat of secrecy, put on the coat of mystery, put on the coat of mystics of the Orient or something like that.、Uh, but you have to understand the idea behind it. The idea behind it is purifications of the mouth, the mind, and the action. In other words, purification of your mind, of your speech, and of your action. The three purifications they emphasize in using the sound as a tool to first pacify and then to purify. And when the sound works, then it goes to your mind. When the mind works as a purification, it goes to your action. So by doing a sound purification, a mental purification, by sound purification, then it leads to Action purification, then it leads to mind purification. When your mind is absolutely pure, you are enlightened. Is our mind pure? No, not pure. Is our action pure? Not pure. How come our actions? How come everybody's action now and here is not pure? How come? Because you have been killing, you have been lying, you have been committing sexual misconduct, you have been. Involving in a lot of impure actions, those are the crude ones. How about the minute ones? You have been jealous, mad, emotional affliction of inferiority complex, depression, disappointment, worries. All these things are impurities. The Buddha wanted to teach us purification by. Chanting by gesticulation and by thinking, to put tantric Buddhism in a very simple way, is purification through the sound, through action, and through mind. Nothing about God. Nothing about Oh Buddha, give me purity. That's blind request. If Buddha can have the ability to give you purity, then there's no one suffering. Because the Buddha would be so kind that he has already have given out. If he is a Buddha and he's not with his utmost ability, has given out all kind of compassion for everybody to purify everybody. He's not a Buddha. He teach everybody methods, but he's not the savior per se. I mean, you still have to walk the path. If he can walk the path for you, he would have done so. If your teacher can. Right examination for you, then you don't have to go through the course. Your teacher can do it for you. You have to write the examination yourself. You have to walk that path yourself. What is the tantric method of practicing Buddhism? I already told you. Is it more effective than other other methods? The effectiveness only happen in your own mind, or in one and one and all. Assuming the roads, assuming Sunshine Coast is your final destination, and you say, "I'm flying there." Uh, that is the fastest method, and some people say、uh, boat. Some people say swim. There's so many different ways going to Sunshine Coast, and you're flying the fast method. Maybe in the future, it's just a bullet. Boom! You'll be next there. And mindful travel is is, is even more than space travel. You want your body to be in Sunshine Coast? I can in in, in sun at the shore of Sunshine Coast right now. 
I can be in the Parliament building of Victoria right now by closing my eyes and imagine that's the Parliament building. That's where I have my high noon tea. I don't have to go there. When I close my, my eyes, my thought is faster than your space travel. You can only travel there in half an hour, but I travel there right now. Next question. Which karma is greatest demerit? Conscious wrongdoing or unconscious wrongdoing? Demerit, that means it's really bad, right? It, it, it doesn't have any merit at all. So one is intentionally doing something and one is unintentional doing something. Intentional is terrible. Unintentional still is an error, but it's not as serious as intentional. If in one life, you're up in the hill meditating, up on the cliff, almost like a cliff, meditating, and then underneath your seat, you got a, a rock, a small little rock underneath your knees. So, oh, this rock is, is disturbing me. It is hurting me in my meditation. It, it, it hurts into my knee, this rock. So you throw, you throw it down the cliff. As it rolls down, it accelerates the speed. And when anything rolling down, the speed is slower and then get faster and faster and faster. If you're talking about 100 feet, 200 feet, when it gets to the bottom, bang, it produces a very, very powerful force and it hits the head of a peasant, prowling the land underneath it, bang, he smashes skull and he dies instantly on the spot. So what is this action? Do you intentionally kill the farmer? No, you didn't know there was a farmer underneath you. So the killing is unintentional, right? You didn't intend to kill the farmer. If you intentionally kill someone, it's going to be very serious. But even if it's unintentional because of a carelessness, you still carry the cause and effect. There is still a conditional causation in whatever minute your, your action is, whatever minute your, your cause is, whatever minute your carelessness is, it's still carelessness. And in many, many lives later, that meditator, and he was walking in the market, that monk who meditated, who kicked down that piece of rock, he was, med he was walking in the market, and then there was one guy, a peddler, with a stick and with two baskets on both sides, carrying heavy stuff. On both sides, maybe 100 pounds in each, or 200 pounds, and all of a sudden, that stick broke. When it broke, boom, it hit the meditator's head, that monk's head, and he died instantly. The farmer didn't intentionally kill him, but cause and effect comes true that that monk was also unintentionally killed. So be very careful. You don't say, I, I, I'm careful, so if I kill somebody, it doesn't really matter. It matters. If you carelessly kill someone, that someone will carelessly kill you. One for one. Very fair. So be very careful. If you think that you hit someone on the road and it doesn't really matter, you won't get, you, the police won't get you because it's, it's unintentional, you will be unintentionally killed too. So watch the karma. Karma is very minute, fine karma. Be very careful. You can't say, as long as it's unintentional, after eating a, 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 a banana, you throw, throw the skin of the banana on the floor and then the senior stab on it and bang, he died because of this skidding on a, on a banana skin. So you cannot be careless because you don't care about unintentional negligence. 
A negligence is a negligence. Very scientific. You think you can get away from a good judge, an impartial judge decision by saying, I don't know the law. No. You have the negligence of not knowing the law. You understand what I mean? Any lawyer in here? Yeah? You're a lawyer? Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Ignorance of the law is no defense. See, I'm not a lawyer, but I'm just going by prajna. You see the importance of prajna? When you know prajna, it looks as if you almost know, I don't claim myself to know everything, but if you know prajna, you are a, a more clever person than not knowing it. So why don't you all be more... Can you turn yourself into a more clever, intelligent person by studying the Buddhist teaching? What is the name of meditation practice we did this morning? That's what we call Anapanasati, in and out breath, in and out breath. Anapanasati, Mahasatipatthana. What are the characteristics of any meditation practices? Characteristics, there's so many characteristics. One of the characteristics is to gain wisdom, to gain concentration, to gain focus. That's one of the many characteristics. In a meditation, it's about focusing. If you can focus, you can do anything. Whatever your mind can focus on, your mind can do. A lot of positive thinkers already have told us, they learn from the Buddhist teaching, whatever you set your mind to do anything, you can do anything. You set your mind to be like President Lincoln, emancipated the slaves. You set your mind to be Mother Teresa, you save a lot of helpless people in the streets of India. You have that choice. Which choice do you exercise? Do you want to exercise? 